Welcome to Countdown to Kickoff here on WAER. Across the 10 to the 5, still on his feet, and into the end zone. Touchdown, Syracuse. Battle, straightaway free, sinks it. Tyus Battle is 5 for 5. The freshman is on fire. Pass in front to Evans. Oh, what a shot and a goal. Behind the back by Jordan Evans. Welcome back to the double overtime here on WAER. The greatest stories from America's greatest college sports station. It's time for the best of WAER Sports Podcast. Recently, college basketball has put some high-profile Canadian players in the NBA. Andrew Wiggins, Jamal Murray, and Tristan Thompson, just to name a few. Last week's matchup between Syracuse and Virginia Tech featured two of the top Canadian talents in the country. WAER's Cooper Boardman explains how this latest wave of talent has put Canadian talent at the forefront of college basketball. And here is Vince Carter with his first shot. Let's go home. It's 1999 in Canada. Vince Carter is in his rookie season electrifying the NBA. Air Canada is in full effect in Toronto. Another Carter alley up, and they get it. <laughs> It's 1999 in Canada, and a new generation of Canadian basketball players is starting to grow up. And you might know some of the names in that generation. Ennis, two seconds. He'll get a shot off on the way. Got it! He hit it! He hit the shot! Syracuse wins it! With the first pick in the 2014 NBA draft, the Cleveland Cavaliers select Andrew Wiggins. Names like Ennis and Wiggins, but also names that take the court today in the ACC. Syracuse's O'Shea Brissett and Virginia Tech's Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Now, even though basketball wasn't number one up north, for Alexander-Walker, the sport was an easy choice. It was always basketball for him growing up in, in, in Toronto. Uh, you know, it was always you know, that generation of Canadian player that's been influenced by uh, uh, Vince Carter playing for the Toronto Raptors. For Brissett, it was about having the confidence that a kid from Canada could make it to the next level. You know, I could be that guy someday. The guy that I was looking up to at 15 years old, I could be that. And I feel like I am. Both starred as young players in Canada. But to take the next step to college basketball, they had to head south for high school. It's a big change because Canada basketball is nothing like this. Right, right, right. Down here is a lot more competitive. You know, everybody's, everyone has something to prove, so um, people just care a lot more down here. Brissett played the first part of his high school ball at Finley Prep in Nevada, while McKeel headed to Tennessee to play his. It's kind of just become a, a pipeline situation where they, you know, they, you know, they see it playing on America and then to the NBA uh, in some cases, and so Nikhil's uh, yeah, uh, an example of that. That's Mark Berman of the Roanoke Times, who covers Alexander Walker on a regular basis. And both Nikhil and O'Shea continued to star just this time in the States. And then they got a chance to play together for their country at the FIBA Americas Under-18 Championship. They went up against players like Markel Fultz. Those guys are, you know, future NBA players. You know, Markel Fultz projected number one right now. So playing against a guy like that, you know, as a competitor, you also want to see what he does and, you know, kind of mimic what he does because of how, you know, great of a player he is. Nikhil Alexander-Walker led the entire tournament in points per game. Brissett put up double digits in the championship, and overall Canada won a silver medal, 
falling to Fultz in the U.S. in the final. Oh, well, it was a close game, so, you know, everyone, you know, sees that Canada is not like, you know, we can't be played with anymore, you know, we're good now, and we could put up a fight against any team. On that stage and to produce and to play for my country, it meant a whole lot to me. I've dreamt about it my entire life. Both players were selected to the BioSteel All-Canadian High School basketball game. That's Canada's version of the McDonald's All-American game. And then after that, college. Pachuco has the offensive board and Brissett throws down the thunderous one-hand jam. Kick out, O'Shea Brissett dribbles into the lane, rises and slams it home. Extra pass to the corner, Brissett three, bullseye. O'Shea Brissett knocks it down from the right side. Freshman's got five and SU's up by five. For Brissett, the transition was, well, easy. He had one of the best freshman seasons in the country. And despite some struggles this year, he's still one of SU's top offensive options. Alexander Walker had a quiet first year at Tech, but he's come on strong in year two. Ten to shoot. Alexander Walker going to work for two. Virginia Tech can get up and run. Alexander Walker. And way before this, back at that BioSteel game, both players were asked about going from Canada to the ACC. Well, Nikhil's on my team, so I definitely want to play against him. So I'm ready to play against those guys. It'll be real fun. Playing against O'Shea, Syracuse, it's going to be fun. It's, gonna, it's crazy to look at it from where we came up as young guys and all knowing each other to where we're going to be soon. It's kind of the Raptors, uh, the Raptors generation there uh, of all these guys, uh, you know, taking that path uh, and trying to uh, try to do just as just as well themselves there. The Raptors generation. Kids who grew up watching this. Down court, Vince Carter, he flies in. Are now both projected NBA draft picks. Not too bad for a couple kids from Canada. It means we're closing the gap. You know, USA basketball being what it is with all the superstars they have, Canada's making a come up, getting closer to that stage and taking the world over. Cooper Boardman, WAER Sports. Five stars. It's what you hope your auto mechanic has before you take your car to his shop. It's what you need your hotel to have as you're booking your next vacation. And it's something Syracuse University men's basketball has failed to acquire since 2015. WAER's J.D. Rachi looks at the slump of five-star recruits for SU and how that hopefully changes in the years to come. He gets the inbound into Ennis with two seconds. Ennis at the buzzer. Gone! Tyler Ennis at the buzzer! Driving on Siva. Feeds Carter-Williams. Left wing three. Got it! Second three of the night for Michael Carter-Williams. Anthony dunks it home! Carmelo Anthony, the chosen one. How about that one? Tyler Ennis, Michael Carter-Williams, Carmelo Anthony. Those are just a handful of the 12 five-star prospects that Syracuse signed from 2002 to 2014. And at the time, five stars didn't come as a surprise. I mean, SU had the pedigree. Syracuse has won the national title. They're taking the national title back to Syracuse. 
and the Hall of Fame coach. Everybody obviously knows Coach Beheim, he's a legend. But now the Orange haven't picked up a five-star since Chris McCullough in the class of 2014. They've come close, but they've missed out on five-star talent like Quade Green in 2017. Take a lot of time to Lexington, Kentucky. <laughs> Big Blue Nation. Forward Darius Baisley in the class of 2018. Darius Baisley, the ninth-rated recruit in the class of 2018, according to ESPN.com. He has decommitted from Syracuse. And most recently, top five center Isaiah Stewart last Sunday. Next year, I'll be attending University of Washington. Thumbs up, baby. Yes, sir. So why hasn't Syracuse landed a five-star since 2014? Well, a bombshell dropped right around the time five stars started drying up for SU, and that may help explain at least part of the reason why. Some of the most serious punishments include the suspension of Coach Beheim for nine conference games. Plus, Syracuse University will lose three scholarships a year for four years. The NCAA is taking away wins from previous games, and that may harm Coach Beheim's legacy. And I deeply regret that any violations occurred in our program because one violation is one too many. In March of 2015, the NCAA concluded an investigation into the Syracuse basketball program and found a slew of potential violations. Needless to say, a lot of people thought the punishments were stiff, including Coach Beheim. Given the circumstance, I believe that the penalty imposed on the university as a whole and me individually are unduly harsh. And CBS basketball analyst Seth Davis. Tough stuff. I mean, I don't think anybody can look at this and say they gave Syracuse a pass. This is a very stiff penalty and a very strong message being sent around college athletics. You better have your house in order. And, you know, you may get away with things 98% of the time, but if you're in that 2%, you're going to pay a very stiff price. And probably the most impactful of those sanctions were the 12 scholarships the Orange were set to lose over the course of four years. And former ESPN analyst and current Pitt assistant Jason Capel did not see an easy road ahead for SU. That's a tough situation for any program to endure. Uh, that 2016-17 uh, it's going to leave a pretty gaping hole for them as a program. Capel's predictions about the classes of 2016 and 17 didn't exactly come true. Syracuse did pick up Tyus Battle and O'Shea Brissett in those cycles. But now the scholarship sanctions are over, and they still missed out on Stewart last weekend without another five-star in sight. So the bigger issue may be the ever-evolving recruiting scene. If you're confident in yourself, like like an Isaiah Stewart, you are, you know, likely to buy a pitch from a coach that says, "Hey, you can come here, you can change the culture, you know, you can be the face of the program, you can lead us to the NCAA tournament." Basketball insider Adam Zagoria has been covering every level of the game for the past 20 years. In recent years, he's noticed that it's no longer a certainty that top-level recruits will go to big-time programs. We've seen the past couple of years a guy like. Ben Simmons went to LSU, uh, Markel Fultz went to Washington. But on the other hand... I think a lot of these top guys want to play with each other. You know, they all know each other from USA Basketball and AAU, which is kind of a relatively new thing in the last, you know, five or ten years. And social media has made that desire even stronger. And then this year, you know, RJ and Zion and Cam Reddish and Trey Jones, all those guys were in a text chain from 
you know, a year ago. That's really what's changed is the social media, the ability to stay in touch. Oh yeah, having the best player on the planet set the example doesn't hurt either. Funny, I was talking to Keon Brooks last night about that, and he basically said it was a trickle-down effect from when LeBron made the decision to go to Miami, and the high school kids see that and want to play together. So that leaves Syracuse in a bit of an awkward spot. It's too well established for guys to become the all-time face of the program, and high schoolers aren't exactly chomping at the bit to build a super team in central New York. But despite all the sanctions and the evolution of the recruiting scene, Jim Beheim is still securing stars like Battle and Brissett and has the same attitude he did when Quad A Green spurned SU for Kentucky two years ago. We lose many, many times. We lose supposedly key recruits. Happens every day. And geez, we're still here. It's not disasters. There's no disasters that have happened. You've been listening to the best of WAER Sports Podcast. Find a full broadcast schedule at our website, waer.org. Follow us on Twitter and subscribe to the show in Apple Podcasts and Stitcher for automatic delivery of new episodes. Just search for WAER Sports.